Uh, hi guys and welcome to this week's episode of our Formula Waffle podcast. Um, just before we get into it, uh, there's a couple of things I need to address. Um, both Stroll and Raikkonen received penalties as we were recording and planning this episode, so that threw us off in terms of some results we were talking about. So Stroll lost P7 to Gasly and Raikkonen has a 30 second time penalty, which meant Alonso has been moved up to P10 meaning Alpine have a double points finish and their first points of the season and Alpine's first points in Formula 1. So just to clarify, uh, both Stroll and Raikkonen have both received penalties and we found this out as we were recording. So if we get confused or you hear results that are wrong from us, uh, this is just to explain why. Uh, anyways, thank you all for listening and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Formula Waffle podcast with me, James Thomas, and I'm joined by Owen Taylor. For the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix episode, first of all, just got to say what a brilliant race that was. It was a lot more entertaining than I thought it would be based off of how the race went last year at Imola. So I was pleasantly surprised. I can't lie, but the rain, the rain threw a bit of a helping hand as well. To be fair, I know I was expecting a Monaco type situation where we just have all the excitement on a Saturday and then bit of a procession on Sunday but yeah as you say the rain really spiced that up and uh, I think it was the fact that the track was so it was so different because half of it was completely wet and the other half was bone dry so it, but it, it just completely shook up all the strategies for the teams but it definitely gave us a good race yeah, at home. Just how soon it came like you, you worked hours through practice and like all the teams had got all the data and all of a sudden 40 minutes before the race the heavens open it's not i'm not complaining do it every week <laughs> i know and i think that's that was another thing because obviously the teams had limited data from imola already and then to have a wet race that's completely thrown them off because they have had no uh, uh, rain data from imola with these cars so they were obviously very much in the dark and uh, a lot of them, a lot of the drivers, especially, didn't really know how to manage a lot of mistakes, trips across the gravel. Uh, I'm sure we got our money's worth from that gravel. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it was a good race overall, and a lot of talking points, which yeah. we're going to get into now. Yeah, might as well just get straight into it. Um, let's go race order. Um, at the start, obviously, we had the rain, but Aston Martin having their brake issues. Um, oh. Saw the zoomed-in camera on Stroll's car; they were burnt to a crisp. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised he finished the race. To be fair. Obviously, Vettel had exactly. that gearbox issue at the end, but fair play to the mechanics. We're getting it all fixed. Well, it was the uh, the cake tins on the brake ducts, wasn't it? So they were pretty much completely melted away. I'm sure there was a an issue on both cars because, as uh, Brundle said, you don't, you know, you're not really asking much of the brakes on the going to the grid lap. So there was obviously a problem there, and Vettel had the same kind of issues throughout the race and at the start as well. That's probably why he went. Started from the pit lane, actually. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a great job from the mechanics to get that going. And I think Stroll did a, a decent job uh, throughout the day because starting where he did in a car that they didn't really expect was going to have much pace coming into the weekend to then... I think did he score? Did he score points? He did. I think. I think it was seventh. He came in the end, and I just yeah, thought with a, the car they've got, it was a good, good drive by him. him. Yeah, very good result. Uh, yeah. I, I just found it ironic at the start. He was like panicking, screaming, "Brad, my brakes are on fire!" And he just goes, <laughs> "Just drive faster, cool them down." <laughs> he said the irony of it. Yeah. So, also on the outlap, we had uh, Alonso crashing, which you wouldn't expect from a two-time world champion. Someone with. <laughs> the experience he has it did it did give me an ironic chuckle that he damaged well I think that wing. set the president for the race because 
it obviously showed that very early on that the conditions were so difficult to handle and so treacherous that even someone as experienced and talented as Alonso could make a mistake. So, and especially with Leclerc spinning out on the formation lap, two very talented drivers, uh, obviously Fernando Alonso with a little bit more prestige, yeah. but it, it definitely set the tone that we were going to be in for an exciting race. And it, it was, even off right at the first corner, uh, Hamilton and Verstappen going straight at it from straight well they were going at it straight away weren't they with a little bump a little largey bargey but it's all in good taste and it? it just set the tone i think it sets the tone for the was, season oh yeah i thought that was the move move of the the race for sure that was it was brilliant work by verstappen on the follow eight in second gear gets him off the line brilliantly no wheel spin straight up wheel to wheel with hamilton off the line hamilton tried to stick it out around the outside but max was having none of it Forced him wide and uh, obviously gave Hamilton a little bit of a hard time with the bumps and with a bit of damage, yeah. but no complaints from a, a stewarding point of view. So it was, it was essentially what Lewis, what Lewis was sort of hoping for a little bit more hard racing, and he, he definitely got it. It was like you said, it, it was a, it literally was a blistering start, and like it's no secret, it's a very very narrow track and difficult to overtake on. But he seemed to get the jump on Perez straight away. It's just, I think, if it would have been great to see them go free wide into turn one. It would have, but I think, uh, you know, I don't think they would have gone three wide into uh, into the first corner. Well, the second. Oh, corner, say the say the track was wider. If the track was wider, yeah, that, would have right, been, that's that would have been brilliant to see. Yeah. You know, Perez getting stuck in, but unfortunately, he did have to back off a little bit. He, he had a shocker of a race, didn't he? Yeah, I do. I do feel bad for him because. Well, it's it's easy to go on about all the second seat curse, but we've seen how well he can perform in a Red Bull in, on the Saturday, um, and obviously the race in Bahrain. So, it's just well, seeing as as Saturday isn't necessarily his strong point, and he managed to put it on the front row, it definitely shows he's got the pace in the car. I think it's very easy to ask a lot of him. Uh, you know, as a Red Bull driver, you want to be backing up your teammate, but you can't forget we, we were only two races in. And it is a completely different car to anything he's been driving. So, I mean, you know, regardless of the mistakes he made, he did put it into second on Saturday. So I think he can only build on that, and he'll take it as a positive, I'm sure, going into uh, into next race. Uh, continue on, on into the start. Uh, Latifi had his little, well, he had multiple moments. First, he. Uh took it off the track and then he ended up in the wall now I'm guilty of this I'll put my hands up and say I blamed Mazepin for it and I, so I was I, yeah. I was massively wrong and we should put that out there it was not Mazepin's fault at all uh you just push Mazepin off the track and when it's that wet you know you, it's hard to just like veer out so I think Mazepin was a bit hard done by there and it was a bit unfortunate but yeah a real shame for Latifi because he was incredible on Saturday he really like it's You've re- I had high I hopes for Williams today. I yeah, I did feel for it. him because putting it into 14th, it was only his second due to appearance uh, in his career. Good good chance for both Williams to get into the points today, but obviously Latifi's day ended much quicker than Russell's. He yeah. sort of spun it round um, going into, uh, was it turn 10, turn 11? And then obviously yeah, rejoining the track completely in Mazepin's way so it, it is his fault but I think he paid the price yeah. for it so it's a mistake he'll hold probably very dear it could have been his first points and then from the result in safety car um, Schumacher sent it round and into the wall which 
No, yes, obviously the Haas isn't easy to drive, but it's it's just Ruckiera pushing way too hard to warm up the tyres. He, he was giving it a lot of lateral movement, wasn't he, on the, yeah. the start-finish straight. It was really, really going for it, trying to get those tyres warm, and I think it was just unnecessary, really, you know, at the back of the pack to be pushing that hard over the safety car to get some heat in. It's just, it's a risk that's obviously just going to end in tears every time. Um, it happened at Imola last year with Russell. Yeah. But, I mean, that was on a bump and that was in different scenario. But I, I, I don't really know what he was doing, to be fair. It hasn't been a good weekend for the rookies. Obviously, he had Sonoda sending it into the wall. Mazepin, of mm. course, he had his uh, daily spin multiple times. Uh, and then, obviously... Um, Schumacher send it. It's not the weekend for the rookies this weekend at all. It isn't, but I think it's a learning curve, isn't it, Formula Exactly. As much stick you give them for, for crashing or binning it, it's it's a a tricky tricky way to get in when especially for, for the two house drivers, the car is really, really hard to drive. It's yeah. it's not like Sonoda's Alpha Tauri where it, it was pretty much just a rookie error. It it, it is just really difficult to, to keep the wheels on it so i mean you know give them a couple more races to try and get more consistent and they're not going to be looking for points finishes i think this year is just about building up their confidence and their skill and, and maybe it'll be a, a good experience for them to have to drive such a tricky car for the future and it'll make them appreciate uh, a better car when they get one well maybe maybe not both of them are going to be getting Cars, but, uh, I think the thing me. is, like, we're so used to seeing them doing well in F2, and we get really, really excited when they come to F1, and we like have all of these high expectations. But sometimes we just need to stand back and like have a look at reality. Like, they need to learn, and like, I think as all, I think as fans as a collective, we just need to lower our expectations slightly. Yeah, I, I do think we were asking a bit too much of them to to try and get because I think what people struggle to realise is that. Pascar is isn't it's like the 2019 Williams times 10 really because they have just completely abandoned it so there, there's no improvement we're probably going to see a lot more of the same uh, a lot more Mazepin spins which is going to be quite funny but also a bit of a mixed message that Formula One you know he's he's a Formula One driver when he's so inconsistent but it is tricky for him, I so think I, I, I don't I think with him, like he's got such an aggressive driving style, and we know he's an aggressive driver. Um, he, I'm not, he's not a bad driver by any means. He got a couple of wins in F2 and a lot of good performances, but he's an aggressive driver. And for me, you just can't be that aggressive in a Formula One car because one mistake and snap, it's going around in a circle. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he'll, he'll learn from He it. will. It'll uh... come with time, like everything. So, uh, on to the next event, uh, Alpha Tauri, um, the home Grand Prix. Now, I, I, I remember we said I said Stroll came 7th, he actually came 8th, I've just got the results off. Um, oh. Unsung hero today, Pierre Gasly, now, started on the wrong tyres, uh, shouldn't have been on the it's, it's a, I was thinking about this, it's sort of a hallmark of Toro Rosso or Alpha <laughs> Tauri to, for, to do that, because I don't know if you remember, I, I seem to think it was 2018 Germany, and... They put Gasly on the wets again when it was sort of a, a drying track. They don't really tend to um, measure the weather very no. well down there at AlphaTauri. Well, apart from obviously 2008 in Italy, but still. Um, but yeah, he started the race on a completely different com set of tyres than he, he really would have wanted to, dropping down the order. 
and to pull it out of the bag and recover in in P7 was it? It's an incredible. Um, it's a testament to him as well, I think. Yeah. And I think it, in a way, Russell's performance from the day will probably make Toto Wolf vigilant a little bit. I wouldn't say he's completely, you know, oh, put Russell to the side and look elsewhere because he's only made one mistake. <laughs> but I think it will definitely show him that outside of the Mercedes talent pool, there there are a lot of decent drivers out there. I'd say Norris and Gasly, who, who could be worthy of that Mercedes uh, Are you saying Gasly could end up in a Mercedes? <laughs> I am saying Gasly could end really? up in a Mercedes. You, can you see it? Showing the same. You uh, really yeah, think I, Red Bull will drop him? Well, I, it's not that Red Bull will drop him, but it's that maybe if he could be free of the sort of the chains of Red Bull, because they haven't really given him much support in terms of when he was Red Bull, and he's he's flourished at Alphatari. I think if he could be sort of released from that commitment, I think he was either looking at Alpine or mm. or being possibly picked up by Mercedes. But I, I think he has a chance. I, I see him in an Alpine. I really do. After Alonso leaves, yeah. I see him taking the Alpine. But that's a topic for another day. Um, <laughs> Sonoda, he got a five-second penalty for track limits. Coming home in 13th place. It, it wasn't the best of days for him, was it? <laughs> well, it wasn't. But, you know, after getting points on debut and having a brilliant race, you can't just be, you know, ending up with the best luck, the best you know, having a great race every time, you've got to learn, because it's only his second race, exactly. so I think to have a little trip across the gravel and to get a penalty for track limits isn't the end of the world, it's 13th place, at least he yeah. kept it on the track in his first wet race in F1, well, for the majority of the race anyway, yeah. but, you know, they're much more experienced drivers, even Hamilton made a mistake. So it's, it's, it shows that there was, a, there was a lot to be gained and he couldn't quite capitalise. But starting from the back and getting to 13th is not the worst of days. And I think another thing to pick out of that is um, that obviously we had so much running at Bahrain for pre-season and like F2 were there as well all season. F2 didn't go to him at the last year. So I think it's new track, new territory for him as well. Like, yes, it's Alpha Tauri's test track, but come down to race day, it, it's, it's, the circumstances are just completely different. So... I do think we. I I'm still. Sure he, I'm sure he will be kicking himself, though. To be fair, because if you've had that many kilometres in in Imola, and then you have the potential to number one, put it in a good grid slot, and number two, get some good points on a Sunday, and he's done neither of the, those two things. I think he will be, you know, a bit, a bit hard on himself. And he was on the radio after yeah. the race. He he said he didn't do a very good job and a few more expletives, but. I'm sure he's going to come back next race uh, even stronger. I mean, to make up still, to, f to finish 12th and make up like 7 8 positions in Imola isn't a bad feat, considering how difficult to overtake. Yes, okay, people crash, but not fair play to him. Finished ahead of two world champions in Raikkonen and Vettel, so hey, let's give him the hats off for once. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Ferrari, uh, incredible, uh, in my opinion. Leclerc had a yeah. really good race. Uh, the straight, you can, it's so obvious the straight line speed still isn't there for them. Uh, obviously, they struggled at the start. Both of their drivers were going off the track. But I think they did well to bring it home um, in fourth and fifth. It's a really respective result considering where they were last year. And I think you can see the leaps they've made. It's just that straight line speed is really holding them back. Well, 
I thought Ferrari and particularly Leclerc did a good job until a few hours ago until I saw that Leclerc had no radio with the team from after the restart or really? from the restart. So he didn't know um, that, that there was going to be a rolling start. He found out as the rolling start was happening and that's why he was so far back from Verstappen and, and that he got passed eventually by Norris. So I think all in all he did a brilliant race to have to defend and 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 survive those those laps those last few laps and those last few battles without any communication with the team really it was a stellar job from him to, testament to, to high it in the points it really Absolutely. does show his ability i didn't know that <laughs> i actually didn't know that till you just told me that's i wondered why he was a bit slow off the start <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was uh it was a few issues at the red flag uh, I think they were talking about it. He couldn't oh, hear them. I heard his radio about like taking someone out of his ear, but I, I didn't know. Yeah, it came radio. out after the race that that he just. He, I think the team could hear him, but he couldn't hear the team. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's an interesting one. But uh, and Science on. did well as well. Yeah, I was just going to say making so many mistakes. Yeah, I think he's still getting to grips with the Ferrari car. Um, but he's not a bad driver, is he? And I think he he will give Leclerc a good run for his money this year, actually. I think he will. I think he's the strongest pairing on the grid, really. Um, he, he stayed with Charles. He did a good job. Uh, a few little errors throughout the race that I think cost him. And yeah. he probably yeah. could have emerged in front of Leclerc. But it, nonetheless, you know, if you've got two Ferraris up there in the high midfield, it's what more can you ask for, really, after last year? Um, so going on to... The man, well, the team who finished above Ferrari, uh, McLaren and Lando Norris. Now, team orders. It's a topic that's been going on for God knows how long in Formula 1. Uh, they asked Ricardo to move out of Norris's way, uh, I think quite early on in the race. Now, when I first heard it, I was like, for God's sake, not again. Just let him race. We, it's Imola. We want to see some action. But in the long term, it actually gave us some, a pretty, some pretty exciting action. So, once again, I'm proven wrong. Uh, quite happy to be, but... What's your thoughts, the team orders? Personally, I hate it, and I well, want to see drivers race, but... I mean, it pays off, doesn't it, sometimes? Mm, yeah. And, I mean, from a team point of view, it's a no-brainer. From a driver point of view and a fan point of view, it's it's a bit annoying sometimes to, you know, not be allowed to race or to not be allowed to see a race happening. But I think without the team orders, if, you know, Daniel was holding Lando up, God knows what would have happened if I don't think Daniel had much more pace in him. No. Obviously, finishing what was it sixth or uh, yeah six yeah give six. So yeah, I'm I was actually quite surprised to see him that far off Lando um, because we, we talked about this in Bahrain, didn't we? we? Did, yeah. Uh, about how how much f- further off the or further down the road Lando was, um, but I think obviously you are he is still getting to grips with the McLaren and. It's, it's some decent pace, but I think he will be a little bit annoyed that his teammate, who is who has about 10 years less experience <laughs> on the podium, and he's in sixth. But it's a good job for McLaren, nonetheless. It's like I said with science, I still think it's just a learning curve for him as well. And he's getting to grips with the car because he, he struggled in the Renault when he first went there. But like come around three and four, he, he, he really see he was getting into it. So it's just time, isn't it, really, with him? But. I'm, it's it's hard to see because it's Danny Rick and you know he what how can you hate him? Yeah, and it's a it's a good job by Lando as well. Brilliant in oh, those yeah, that absolutely. last phase of the Grand Prix to keep the tyres going and to stay ahead of, of 
uh, Lewis for so long. Um, and, and yet, doing that, actually, that's 700 podiums for Britain. So Love to see that. it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did say to my mate, uh, I said, oh, these soft tyres are going to have me on edge. Oh, I, I, he's going to have to pit. He's not going to do it. But it, it's... <laughs> He was incredible. To keep it ahead of Ferrari's well on the fresher tyres, and like you said, to, to compete with Hamilton for how long he did, but the Mercedes is still just too powerful compared to teams like McLaren and Ferrari, but hats off Absolutely. to Lando. Yeah. Um, Vettel. Uh, <laughs> Vettel, Vettel, Vettel. For the second weekend in a row, it's been a bit of a, a disaster class, hasn't it? Um, he got his 10-second penalty for not having his wheels fitted at the five-minute signal before the race, and it was just downhill from there. Look, it's hard to see because everybody loves Seb. He's a four-time world champion. He's a, he's a Formula One legend. It's just, I just I don't know what it is. I mean, has he lost his touch? Is he is he? To be fair, this week wasn't really his fault. Last week, last time out in Bahrain, you know, he made a few errors and hit Esteban. But this week, I think. If it weren't for all the problems on on, on race day with uh, the brakes, with the uh, had some software issues in the or the, the gears, the gears were um, not sinking. I think if it weren't for that, he probably would have scored a point or two. I think he was fighting. Was he fighting with Perez at one point? Yeah, he was yeah. doing. He was doing okay. He was keeping his steady nose out Exactly. Um, I just think he got unlucky today. It, it wasn't his day. Qualifying wasn't particularly standout, but I mean, what can you do in that position? If you if your car's going wrong in that many different aspects, yeah, it, it's not exactly like you can blame it completely on Seb. And of course, like it's the first weekend we heard well properly about Aston Martin's potential protest protest towards the FIA and like the new regulations which have obviously slowed them down uh, Otmar Safnauer isn't happy and something about lawsuits and stuff it's politics, Formula 1 it's it's, it's a tough that's one. insane though to, to protest and to threaten to go to court over rules where, where, I think I saw actually in the Concord Agreement they agreed to a certain clause where they wouldn't do that and they wouldn't protest the, the rules so it's completely absurd that he, he's thinking of going to court over it because they just simply haven't adapted to the regulations as well as as the other teams. Exactly. And after yeah. last year, where they you know said it was completely legal to essentially copy another car, and now this year they've fallen foul of the regulations and now they want to sue them. It's a little bit you know pot calling the kettle black where they didn't like it very much that they were doing something in their eyes was completely legal and now the FIA have essentially done something completely legal and they want to protest it so it's a bit just, weird it's, it's, it's really annoys me because I just you just want to say shut up get your head down and just work on a fix yes I get it it's all changing next year we, we know you're not as strong but there's such an open midfield battle just get on with it and work on improving your own car rather than politics all this because if you're just going to bring back the rules of last year uh you'll just copy mercedes again they'll get faster obviously which is what they want but uh, it could also lead to mercedes getting faster and we could lose our title battle if they get some of the rules back so it's it's just frustrating really it's not uh not not look not looking good for aston martin really for no. this year i i think the body language from stroll when he was being asked about 
potential and de development potential wasn't very it, it was quite dejected so I think this year is going to be a year of transition and of acclimatization I think they're going to just have to be content with perhaps fighting in the the, the mid to rear end of the midfield if that makes sense um, and then potentially challenge for the title in the next few years it would be good for them as well to shift mm. the development focus to 2022 now as well because I'm sure that would would help them in getting an advantage for next year so that they don't fall victim to the same um, issues but and yeah, I it's, it's completely, completely understand it. I understand yeah. the frustration, right? As much as it annoys me, I do understand it. You rebrand it's Aston Martin. It's one of the biggest names in motorsport. You know, going back, it's an iconic British name, British car company. Like you go through all this rebranding, all the hype, all the money strolls put into the team. It's just, I understand the frustration, but at the end of the day, I, I don't see the FIA turning over for them and I think they just need to get their heads down and get on with it but that's just my opinion on the issue I completely agree so um, okay uh, Hamilton then um, he had a, a bit of a slow stop today actually a four second pit stop on his right front tyre he had an issue in all fairness it, at the end of the day in hindsight it didn't affect his race that badly but straight after that he put it into the wall he made his first mistake in god can you remember his last mistake I probably spa 2019 <laughs> when they binned it in the wall but i mean i i looked at that at the end of the race you know him getting p2 and i couldn't help but think that is obviously his talent playing a part in that but the, the luck involved in that my god to, to essentially spend about a minute you know messing around in the gravel after <laughs> your own mistake people were trying to pin it on george it wasn't george's fault no, he made the decision not. to try and uh, uh, lap him or, or whatnot and um to to make that mistake did you see he went off into the gravel and he got it stopped and then in an effort he to drove turn straight the into back the around wall. he just went straight into the wall yeah. so it was a rare mistake from lewis um spent quite a lot of time trying to get reverse going <laughs> And then when he was finally out, he had damage on the car. And if it weren't for the red flag, he would have been right outside down the, the order. I think, I he, think he probably, yeah, he probably would have managed to claw back to tenth or ninth, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe ninth or tenth. But saving grace is is his Hamilton, teammate. You know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was Bottas's crash with Russell, bringing out the red flag, allowing him to do all the repairs and whatnot in the same space of time as the red flag and then also being allowed to unlap himself I off well, the hook exactly I mean I'm not going to you know be that that person that says oh it's just the car it's just the look but today if it were you know you can't disagree if it weren't for that red flag he would be nowhere absolutely but on the other hand like, it's a testament to his ability and it's why I say it he's is. one of the greatest drivers we've ever seen you said it as well last week it's just the fact that I've said it so many times, but Imola is difficult to overtake on. He just makes it look so easy. Yes, there's obviously the straight line speed power they've got compared to like Ferrari, McLaren, but it's just, he's still got to get the job done. And of course, uh, we saw someone who couldn't get the overtake done on the straight line speed, uh, George Russell and Bottas. Oh, yeah. oh, um, Toto said it himself, he's trying a bit too hard to just get inside that <laughs> Mercedes seat, isn't he? Um, he I, was, but I, I think... It's not anyone's fault, is it? No, it's a racing incident, definitely. Yeah. It's 50-50. Toto said it could be 60-40, but I do think, you know, 
Bottas was a little bit more aggressive than you expect Bottas to be. He didn't move um, right that much, though, did he? He didn't, but I mean, I, I, I do think he would have probably maintained his line going straight and mm. left a little bit more room on the right yeah. if it was a different car. And I think, you know, he sees Russell coming up behind him. Russell wants to prove a point. They both want to prove a point. Russell might have been a little bit, bit yeah, but more was it overly aggressive from him? Because he knows the track's wet and there's only like a certain area of dry space. So he gets a wheel onto the wet patch. Well, I think, it was, I think it was a lapse of judgment, yeah, to, yeah. to put it on the, the grass. And then it was very unlucky to lose it in, in such a way that just completely spat him into Bottas. It was a nasty crash. It was a hefty hit. It was. It was a really big crash. And it was... I mean, we were all talking about the blame in this scenario, but I do think seeing two cars crash at Tamborello, the first thing we want to establish is that the drivers okay, are okay. Yeah. And luckily they are, so that's yeah, fine. Just a bit of winded, which is... Yeah. So it's a relief, uh, especially what happened, of course, the history of crashes at uh, Imola. Uh, I think it's a relief for everyone to see they're okay. Uh, Bottas let and feelings known. George Winover let his feelings known. It's yeah, sport. It's the sport. A little bit of... Uh... Handbags there. Did you see uh, Bottas puts the finger Flip up? The George slaps the helmet. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, some drama for us anyway. Uh, I, I cross fingers. They put them in the presser together for Portimao because I'd love to see how <laughs> this is going to go. I've tuned in for that. <laughs> well, I think they both they both know where they stand. I don't yeah. think it would be wise for either of them to hold a grudge and be pessimistic. And you know, I, I think they both know that they need to look mature. And they, Russell said it at the end of the. The race at the press conference they're grown men they're gonna they're gonna talk about it they're gonna get it sorted out but not looking good for either of them in context of that mercedes seat yeah um i still think george will get it though <laughs> well we'll see i do uh, i'll put money on it we'll have a bet right here right now no i i agree with you but you know anything can happen and i think yeah we need to still remember that pretty much every opportunity george has had to get points he yeah, has yeah it's fallen you know, apart is that fate, though, or is it...? Well, fate would have been secure, where it wasn't his fault, and he put in a stellar job. But Imola, I can think of Germany in 2019. I can think of Mugello, possibly. I can think of Imola last year. Yeah. It's, it's a bit, you know, ironic that... that, that is that, that lack of experience, though? Not lack of experience at this stage. No? Not lack of experience. I think maybe lack of experience in a good car... But yeah. he still so, has yeah. so many opportunities, and to bin it under the safety car. I mean, how much stick did yeah. people give it give Grosjean. to Roman Grosjean, yeah. and, and then he does it last year? It, it doesn't exactly make him look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do make a good point. Now, um, I'm ha- the Williams does look stronger. I think we should. We've obviously we've talked about both their drivers crashing, but. The Williams looks a lot stronger than it was. I mean, to get both cars into Q2 was a, a superb effort from both drivers, but as well as the team and Simon Roberts. Well, I think Williams' strength lies on a Saturday. We've seen it. They qualify, you know, 14th, 13th, 12th, into Q2 comfortably, for, for George anyway, for quite yeah. a number of races. And I think that's where his strength lies as well, on one lap pace. And then it gets to the race. We all, you know dub them worthy of, of getting points and then something goes wrong i can think of now also austria or styria in 2020 where he qualified must have been 14th 13th something like that and then threw it away on the first lap going into the gravel so either the drivability of that car in a race 
conditions with race fuel is tricky or George just doesn't have the you know the ability to keep it pinned for the whole race but we'll see I think we'll see it come with time I, I really do I mean I might be being slightly biased like British driver Williams F1 team and it's, I, but I do think we'll see it come with time but it's, it's again it's too early to say in the season we're only two races in out of 23 but um, someone with a lot of experience Sergio Perez and I want to expand more on his weekend uh, a superb qualifying effort I don't know, it's, his race just fell apart for him and it's a real shame because we could have seen a double Red Bull podium today but from the early doors it didn't go his way. Lost positions on the start and then obviously at the end, to top it all off, uh, he spun off into the gravel and I'm really And of really course he had that issue with the, uh, the penalty for overtaking. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, he, it was, was sort of... It was daft from him. Yeah, it was, it was a clear-cut penalty. It was definitely yeah. coming yeah. to... You know, he should know that role. I don't know why he didn't. You know, I mean, to to be fair to him, I think it was Gasly and might have been Leclerc were going slowly. I think they expected him to go through as well, yeah. but yeah. it was him who who made the move to to regain the positions, and he should know after ten years in Formula One that you can't do that. Um, you say about like. Gasly and the clerk going of the other Ferrari going slow. Do you think that's like lack of clarity on the rules? Do you like? Do you think they should know well, what to do in that situation? Maybe from the formation lap when people were spinning off and then they were allowed to regain positions. I think maybe people were still in that kind of mode, um, but still, it's, it, it, whether or not they knew the rules, he still made the mistake. Because obviously they were going slowly, but he could well have just, you know, stopped and waited for them to go. It wasn't his, wasn't Leclerc's fault for letting him go through. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it was, not, it was a bit not, of a rocky era. Do you know what comes to mind when I first like, think of this incident? Trulli and Hamilton. Do you remember that one from all those years ago in Australia? I don't, actually. Uh, Hamilton went off the track. Trulli went ahead under the safety car. Hamilton... Past Trulli again. There was just a whole big blow up a dilemma. I don't think it'll be blown up this time like that, but yeah. Well, I think it's easy enough to know you don't overtake under the safety car. Whether you go off or not, it's your own fault for going off. Exactly. Um, Right. uh, Where are we? We've we've spoke about Vettel's gearbox issues, Perez spin. Have I missed anything? It's an eventful race. I feel like we've covered it all quite well. Uh, Well, we could talk about Max. You know, of brilliant course, job from him, yeah. clocking out that's 22 something. seconds. He was that far ahead, we've forgotten about him. We know. <laughs> he well, well, that tells up. you, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah I, I mean, was kind of hoping he'd pinch the fastest lap as well, but unfortunately Hamilton, well, fortunately for Hamilton, but unfortunately for Max. I think he, since uh, after that first lap, it was a quiet day for him. It was. Um, I was very, very scared and when I saw the restart <laughs> and he nearly dropped it, but... Well, it was it was a great job from him. He managed the pace, and I think it's a sign of a good battle to come for this year. Yep. Um, so that's the race covered. Now, before we do finish off, I want to talk about another bit of news we heard today. We're going to Miami. Oh, we are. Thoughts indeed. on that? I'm well, buzzing. I mean, it's Miami. <laughs> it, it's exciting. As as a fan, I'm happy to to see. McLaren, McLaren, Miami uh, come onto the calendar. I don't know where McLaren came from, but <laughs> it's a it's a nice venue. It's it's I feel like it's going to be a place like Singapore where 
the venue looks brilliant and the spectacle is amazing but the race in itself if you have a look at the track it looks yeah it doesn't really look like it breeds overtaking and again it's unfair to judge before we've seen cars go around it it is but i think it's going to be a fun race to to look at, but not a fun race to watch. Certainly wouldn't mind being there myself. Oh yeah, well, if fans are allowed back, I would happily, you know, happily book a ticket. Yeah, you but... can pay for that one. Well, yeah, a couple of grand is <laughs> Um. So yeah. Um. To end it all off, uh, your driver of the day. My driver of the day, I would have to say Lando. I'm with you. It's superb. Lando isn't it? all the way to keep Lewis back on soft tyres to keep to keep it on the road. Nevertheless, nonetheless, well, regardless of the fact that that he he defended and he he kept a podium, he he kept it on the road with those tyres. So it brilliant just, strategy yeah. from McLaren, brilliant pace from Lando. Uh, it was a great job. It's like Crofty said, it's his third season in Formula One, and like you you can see the progress he's made. Uh, he said without being too harsh on him, but like he's come such a far, long way as a driver, and he's never really made an an out and out major mistake or like a series of mistakes he's just a, he's a really solid driver very consistent yeah exactly um I think we've seen that today as well exactly i think we'll see it for the rest of the season as well so cross fingers from a biased so. point of view we see more mclaren podiums and i just hope danny rick can catch up and join him up there because it'll be great to see i'm sure he will um right portsmouth excited two weeks i am i am excited for portsmouth we got a decent race last year i would say if the weather is as it was last year, we'll be in for a good race. Or as it was today. Um, well, yeah, the weather was like, it, yeah. Um, but I don't know about that track in terms of how how good it will be for overtaking in the dry because it wasn't a particularly entertaining race after the first few laps last time out. I think it got hyped up a lot because yeah. obviously science went, did he go into the lead? He did, I think he did at one point or quite close. Yeah, it was very much hyped up and then I think it was like Mugello where we had a, a few laps of absolute chaos and then <laughs> a, quite a bit of lull afterwards. Yeah. You've got that long start finish straight in the DRS zone which always spices things up and see we had yeah, but I don't want to see, I don't want to see passes on the DRS zone, I want to no, see you want well, the corners, actually, heavy braking, there's that left-hander there. Dude. I say that um and actually, I do remember Ocon and Perez, was it, last year, when they were going wheel-to-wheel -wheel for almost half the lap? Yeah, that's true. Uh, that was a great battle. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of them. We'll wait and see. It's, it's just a shame it's two weeks. Much better if it's one, but we move. We will. Double header yeah. for Spain after that, so pain. <laughs> Excuse the pun. <laughs> Barcelona's never uh, no. really a, a brilliant race, but we've seen some you know the, the cars this year have the potential to fight a lot more than last year so true. you never know we could be surprised yeah that's very true uh anyways thank you everyone for listening um be sure to follow us on twitter at formula waffle one to keep up to date and also to interact with us we want to hear your views let's start getting your views on the show we want to hear what you guys have to say and think of the race but after this week thanks for listening and we'll see you next time